last week we talked about um, the truth about giving, and what I want to talk to you about today is giving what God gives, and then specifically next week we're going to talk about giving what God gives you to give to others. So let's talk about this, this whole giving thing, because it, we've got to understand it's about a condition of our heart, okay? It's what it's about, no matter who you are, no matter what financial bracket you're in, you know, whether you make a, a, a dollar an hour or a thousand dollars an hour, um, God always says that we're to bring the tithe into the storehouse. It's 10%. You take 10% of what you make, you give it to the place where you're being spiritually fed. And the Bible talks about how he will do a couple things. He will open up the windows of heaven to bless you, and he will protect you from the devourer. That's in Malachi, and we're going to look at that more next week. But I want to talk about what God gives us, because last week we hit on this fact, that you and I are not owners. We are stewards. That's what we're called to do. And it's about a condition of the heart. It was a number of years ago, but I, I used to go to church camp, and this is back when church camp went to Spencer Camp. Anyone remember Spencer Lake Camp? There's only going to be a one or two, but um, this was a camp that we used to go to. It's the end of a gravel road, had a big swing set, of course, all the cabins and the um, cafeteria. And um, I was on the swings one day, and I was doing like any other boy would do. I was swinging as high as I could. I wanted to see how high I could go on the swing. But then these girls started coming around, and they were, they were kind of messing with me and shooting water guns at me. And, and, um, and so, of course, I had to try to show off. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, when I get to the height of the swing, I'm going to Superman fly off this thing, and I'm just going to look really cool, and everyone's going to want to be me, you know, because that's what you think when you're 9, 10, 11. I'm going to impress these girls. But the problem is, is I thought of how cool it would be to fly off this swing, but I forgot about how cool it was not going to be on the descent, Right? So when I leapt off that swing, everything was fine. It was cool. It was, I was flying in the air, but right about here, I didn't know what to do. But it's okay, folks, because gravity knew what to do with me. And I descended, and I hit that ground, and I landed on both my, my hands awkwardly, and I sprained both of my wrists. And, you know, being 10, 11, 12, I didn't know what a sprain was. All I knew was is it hurt, and it hurt bad. I was trying really hard not to cry, and um, <clears throat> wait, I come home, I mean, I couldn't tie my shoes for two weeks. It was that bad. And it was really awkward to try to, you know, just take care of yourself. But when I got home, my mom and dad called the neighbor because our neighbor was a nurse. And the nurse came over. And when a nurse looks at you, you say, something's wrong. They don't just look at what's, what you say is wrong. They look at the whole body, right? So she came over and she started looking. And she's like, does it hurt here? And she, you know, your head hurt? No, 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 my head's fine. Does, does your shoulders hurt? No, my shoulders are fine. Are your ribs okay? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Is your belly hurt? No. How about the legs? Move your feet. Are they okay? Yep, they're fine. Let me see your hands. Ow! She goes, does that hurt? And I said, yeah. And she goes, right here? And she touches it again. Ow! She goes, right here it hurts? Ow, would you stop doing that? I've told you three times, yes, this is where it hurts. I told you that from the very beginning, as a matter of fact. But my point is simply this. When she was checking me out, she was checking the whole body. She wanted to know if everything else, if anything else was, was wrong or broken or off. Now, here's the thing about doctors or nurses. When they check you out, when you go in and you see whatever your complaint is, what is one of the things, there's almost two things they always do. They get out the stethoscope, right? And they check out your heart. You could go in and say, I've got an ingrown toenail. And they'll say, well, let's just see how that old ticker's doing. Right? And they'll do your blood pressure. Because they want to make sure everything's going well. Because here's the thing. If you, have a, 
an ingrown toenail, a broken ankle, a fractured uh, knee, if your, your fingers are broke, if the heart's not working, that doesn't matter. Or it won't matter very long. Because you need the heart in order for the body to function. Well, so it is that God will come at times and he'll press in areas of your life and he'll press on your mind and he'll say, how's your thinking? You might go, it's, it's, it's okay, I think we're good, I think we're good. What do you think? You know, he'll press on your eyes and he'll say, you know, it, what do you got vision-wise? You know, what are you fixing your eyes on? Oh, I think we're good, Jesus, I think we're okay. He'll press on your heart, and t- you know, how's your heart doing? I think, I think we're doing okay. How about your feet? Where are you going? Where are you walking? Where have you been? Where, what are you doing? I, I think we're good, Jesus. And then he'll push on your purse or your wallet and you'll go, ow! You know, goes, that hurt? Right there? Ow! That preacher keeps preaching on giving. Ow! Why does he keep doing that? You see, what he's doing is he's checking us out, not because God needs, uh, needs anything from us. He wants something from us. God does not need your money. Can we agree on that? He doesn't need your money. But he wants your heart. And he knows that your purse and your wallet is directly related to your heart. So when he speaks to us about giving, he says to bring in the tithe. By, by the way, just as a point of reference, any, anything that you have, uh, money-wise, house-wise, car-wise, you have because God gave it to you, allowed you to have it. Well, I made my money, and I do the work, I put in the hours. Yes, you do. And, and a good friend of ours, uh, Mike Kellen, always said a worker's worth his wage, right? And, and you do the work and you get paid, but you do the work because God has given you that job. And he's giving you the strength to wake up and go to that job. And he says, all I'm asking is, is that which I gave you, give me 10% back. Why would he want that? He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And I'm going to share with you just some observations about uh, giving what God gives you and what it does for you and for me. The challenge, yes, is out there that, that, that many, here, many here tithe. And I thank you for that. God bless you for that. Uh, but if you don't tithe, I want to ask you to just ask the Holy Spirit what he might be saying to you because there's something that he may want to do in your heart, in your life that has less to do with the dollar sign and more to do with the condition of your heart. That's why he says to Malachi, I'll protect you. I struggled with this, folks. I'm just telling you from my own heart, okay? And I'm not preaching to you any, any uh, message that is like, you know, man, the church really needs your money. That, 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 that's not it. I struggled with this too. I didn't tithe for a number of years. And I grew up in a Christian home. I knew that I was supposed to tithe. But man, I like to spend money. I had, I had girlfriends I had to pay for. You know what I'm talking about? I had a, a car I had to fill up with gas. I had friends that I had to go out and do stupid things with. And that cost money. But you know, as I started to grow, I started to keep getting challenged about this whole principle of tithing and what it really is all about. And there came a point in my life when I decided to do it. And when I did it, things changed in my life. I wish I could tell you, as soon as I put the money in the offering plate, that the ceiling parted, doves started flying around the room, a light shone down on me, and angels started singing, you know. But that's not what happened. But what did happen was, uh, all of a sudden, I realized when I started just applying this biblical principle, all of a sudden... Arguments, disagreements, misunderstandings, we'll call them, whatever it is that I always seem to have. I remember, I remember asking the Lord one time, I said, Lord, I was tithing at this point, okay? And I said, Lord, do I really need to keep tithing? I mean, aren't, we're good, right? I mean, I've been tithing for a number of years. Is it really going to hurt at all if I miss a month or something like that? Because I, I think like you do, you know, just you, you want to know what he has to say about it. 
Here's what the Lord told me. He said, Jim, you remember those places that in your life that always went there or discussions or arguments or just difficult moments? And I said, yeah, I remember them very well. He goes, when's the last time you've, you've had to deal with those? And I was like, wow. See, he was protecting me. Now, I'm not talking, this isn't like mafia hush money. You pay God and he'll, you know what I'm talking about? We're talking about a biblical principle that says he protects you from the devourer because he now has your heart, not your wallet, your heart, not your purse, not your, your bank account or your, your, your car. He has your heart. And that's what it's all about. That's what God is after. That's all he has been after. And so there's some things that we need to understand about this whole thing about giving. So he gives us a parable in the Bible. He talks about a parable of a money manager, a steward, somebody who is taking care of somebody else's money. And parables in the Bible are stories that Jesus would tell because he wanted to make a earthly or practical, he'd tell a story to make a, a biblical or spiritual principle. Kind of like when I, when I preach, a lot of times you notice I tell stories. You know why I do it? Because Jesus did it. And sometimes you can understand it better. So he did it in the Bible. And in Matthew and Mark, have you ever read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you notice there's a handful of parables that are the same one, but they're told just a little bit different. It's because you got a different author. But it's still the truth. It's the Word of God. And so he tells this parable in, in Luke about this good steward. But what I want to focus on is, is when he gets to Matthew and tells us this story about stewarding well, that the time to do it is now. Well, why would you say that, Pastor? You know, you might say, well, any pastor would say that. Do it now, right? But why now? The reason is because of this. You and I have a shelf life. We have an expiration date, and we don't want to miss out on that sweet spot for the kingdom of God. Um, I was really hungry a couple months ago. I, I tend to not eat breakfast. I get up, I'll have a cup of coffee, I'll come to work, and then I'll get doing my thing. Sometimes I'll just forget about lunch, you know. But then somewhere around 3 o'clock, I'm ready to eat my desk, all right? Just anything will do. And I went looking for some food, and I went, and there's these cookies that were sitting in the kitchen. They've been sitting in there for weeks, you know. And um, I went in there, and I'm like, I, are these good? Are they not good? I'm like, well, there's no, you know, there's no green on it, so it's got to be good, right? And so I devoured the cookie, but the cookie didn't taste the greatest, but it didn't stop me from eating it, Right? Problem is, is I paid for that later. I had indigestion like you wouldn't believe. Seth and I, when he was young, I remember uh, him and I, it was a package. We were craving pudding. Don't, don't ask me why. I don't know why. But we remembered somewhere in the recesses of one of the pantry doors, there was this package or this can of pudding. And for the most part, you know, pudding, anything canned remains, you know, pretty good. But it really has a shelf life. You know, you need to use it within at least the three years when it's been sitting in your kitchen. And I'm like, hey, let's eat this. And he, I said, is it expired? Is it good? And Seth looked at it. He goes, I can't find a date. I said, oh, I'm sure it's good. <laughs> we opened up that can. We ate the pudding. We enjoyed the pudding for about 30 minutes. And then we were both sick to our stomach because that pudding it has a shelf life. What's my point? You go to any grocery store and you're going to find that the food there will have an expiration date on it. When I go get milk at Hy-Vee, I tend to reach for the back jug. Why? Because the one, they always push the, uh, the ones that are going to expire the quickest up to the front. But no matter what jug of milk you get, uh, it's always going to have an expiration date on it. It's going to say, sell by this date or good until 
this date. In other words, you try to, if it's July 1st is the date that it says the milk goes bad and you still have it in your fridge, don't drink it. As a matter of fact, you probably need a fork and a knife to drink that milk, right? Because it will get old. There's a shelf life. So it is for you and me. This gift that we have called life, it has a shelf life. There's an expiration date, uh, and it's, it's there for a reason. He says, swing out of the sweet spot while you can so you can experience the best that God has for you in this life. Have you ever had a coupon for something that you planned on using only to discover that when you finally went to use it, it was no good? You know, you pull out the old Outback Steakhouse, Olive Garden, Texas Roadhouse. Man, we're going to go. But then you go to pay and you see the fine print. It says, good for only one year. And you know, it's, it's like five years old. You missed the sweet spot of that coupon. Don't miss the sweet spot of what God wants to do in developing a heart that gives because it makes a difference for an eternity. It makes a difference. So the best thing to do for you and for me is to rewind maybe on our thinking about this whole giving. And if you're going to redeem life's coupons, if you're going to redeem the time that you have, if you're going to redeem the money that we have, but now realizing we have because God gave it to us, then we've got to do it before the expiration date. We've got to do it before this time is done. You only have a little bit of time. You only have a little bit of opportunity to convert these things into eternal benefits that will end up in eternal dwellings. What does that mean? Eternal, you know, benefits, eternal dwellings. Well, here's how it, it, it could look like in heaven. I've not been there because when I go there, I'm planning to stay there, okay? But here's what it could look like in heaven. Someone will come up to you and they'll say, excuse me, aren't you so-and-so? Aren't you a part of Church of the Open Door? And you can say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm part of the church. And they might say, well, you don't know me very well. As a matter of fact, you probably don't know me at all, but I'm glad you're here, and I wanted to welcome you into heaven. And you might say, well, what made you a greeter at heaven? You know, how did you end up being the person that welcomes people here? Well, they'll say, it's because of you. Because remember when you gave in the offering for the team to go to Cambodia? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I put like 10 bucks in. Well, you don't know it, but because you gave, those people could go. And because they went, they told us about Jesus. And when they told us about Jesus, I made a decision to follow Christ. I'm here today because of what you've done. I'm here today because of what you've given. You might have other people say, some might come up and say, well, what, you know, welcome into heaven. You know, who are you would be your, your response. They might say, you might not know me and know who I am, but you invited me to church. I live on your same block. I've seen you mow your lawn a hundred times. But on this particular day, you came over and you invited me to church. And because you invited me, I came. And because I came to church, I heard about Jesus. And because of that, I'm here today because of what you've done, because of the time you've given. You may, you may have somebody say, you don't know me, but maybe you remember me. I don't know, but you opened up your home to me when I was going through divorce. You opened up your, your home to me when, when, when I lost my job. You opened up your home to me when I, I lost my child, and you didn't know what to say. You didn't know what to do, but you were there. And I thought to myself, if that's what it's like to be a Christian, then I want to be one of them. I'm here today because of you. See, it's about what you give. It, yes, it's about your, your giving. Uh, we, we talk about giving money and giving of the tithe, but it's your time, your talents, and your treasures. For God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. That's period right there. He gave. That, that, that's, that's it. 
And he says, I want us to have that heart that you love Jesus so much that you give because ultimately what you're giving isn't yours anyway. You're just stewarding. You're just stewarding what it is that God gives you. Jesus um, has given us something in seed form, a biblical principle that we can give back. He knew that in its original form, it wouldn't be worth much, but when we take it and we convert it for his kingdom, then it does amazing things. So how do we steward the very seed that God has given to us? And when I say the seed, I'm talking about our money that he blesses us with. Um, how, do we, how do we take this, our time, our calendars, and make time for people. How do we take our talents, the gifts that God has given us? You know, I wish I could do everything. I wish I could be a car mechanic. I wish I could be a, a pro tennis player. I wish I could be a movie actor. I, I, I wished I could be a pastor. I wished I could be a baker. I wish, okay, out of all of those, I, I got to be one. I can't be everything, but, but the one thing I'm good at, how can I use that for the kingdom of God? What gift do you have? Well, pastor, you know, uh, I clean toilets. How am I going to redeem that? You clean it with a grateful heart. It makes a difference. It really does. As a matter of fact, one of the first jobs we had here was not as a pastor. Our first job was janitors. So we had to clean up after y'all, right? Not really, but, but we did all of it. And it developed a servant heart. You give what you have. But how do we steward it, what we have? How do we steward this seed? Here's number one. I'm going to give you four things and I'll go through them quickly. But number one, Remember this, everything I have is a tool for the kingdom of God and for God's use. Everything I have, I have because of him. And it's for his use. It's for the kingdom of God. We should use everything that we have as a, as a tool. When we do, people's lives will be touched for an eternity. Here's what it says in Matthew 25, the parable I was telling you about. It says, now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came and brought five more, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into what? The joy. How many of you have been looking for joy all around this world? I'll tell you where you find it. You find it in giving to God. He says, enter in to the joy of your master. We have to take what God gives. And when we trust him, we can increase that. How? By stewardship. It, it can increase twofold, fivefold, tenfold, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, maybe even a hundredfold when you put it into the hands of God. But if you just keep it in the hands of you, it, you got what you got. But then you don't have the real heart behind what God is wanting to do. Let me take you back to the envelopes from last week. By the way, if you weren't here last week, you don't have to miss out on this little exercise, okay? Um, we handed out either a $1 bill, a $5 bill, a $10 bill. We said, I want you to go ask the Lord how to invest this into the kingdom of God. One of the greatest challenges is going to be for the people who have $1. How do you bless somebody with a dollar? Well, don't ask me, ask him. Watch what he does. By the way, I got a dollar in my envelope. So first thing I did, should have been gone to, gone, you know, going to God, but I went to my wife and I said, what'd you get in your envelope? You know, because at least if she got a 10, we can do a happy meal for somebody, right? But she only had a dollar, and so I'm like, two dollars, okay, what can we do? But what I forgot is two, I don't know, a few weeks ago, somebody gave me a hundred dollar bill, but they said it wasn't for me. Well, thank you very much, you know? <laughs> But they said, no, I want you to use this to bless somebody. So I put a sticky note on it that said, give it away. 
But I've been waiting for the Lord to just tell me when and where and who and, you know, how to do that. And I'm like, what do I do with my $1? I got my $1 bill. And real quick, the Lord said, add it to your 100 And I'm like, okay, I got $101. What do I do with it? Now, by the way, don't come up and give me your sad stories after church, okay? I'm on to you. But my point is simply this. I only had a dollar, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Oh, that's right. I forgot about. All of a sudden, this new creative thought comes. You might say, well, Pastor, nobody gave me $100 to give to somebody else. Have you asked him? He'll do crazy things like that. He'll do the miraculous. But here's what I want to do is, is I want to ask you, if, if you didn't get in on that last week, you got a one, a five, or a 10 in your pocket, your purse. Or if you want to get real bold, you can go 20, 50, 100, whatever it is. If the Lord is speaking to you to do something, do something with it. Because if it's the Lord that's speaking, it's going to bless somebody else, and you're going to learn from that. Don't go thinking, oh, I'm just going to go give away money so I can feel better about myself. That, that's not stewardship. That's craziness, okay? All right? Steward well what God has given you. And then I want to hear back from you about what God has done. I've had one person send me an email, and I responded to him and said, don't send it to me, okay? So here's what we did. You got a pen and pencil, paper. Um, I'm going to give you an email address. It's going to be easy to remember. We're going to make it available later, but it's just testimony at cotod.church. Testimony at kotad.church. And what I want to do is, is I want to hear what the Lord spoke to you. How did you invest your dollar, your $5, your $10? Did you add to it? Did you come together as a family? Did you have a group of people that said, let's throw our own money together and help Jane or John because we know they're, they're struggling? Uh, whatever it is. How did the Lord use the seed form in your hand to bless somebody else? And please, email. That, that way you're not like, um, you know, one person's saying, oh, I'm going to email Michael and tell him what the Lord did. And this person's going to email Chris and that person's going to want to email Lisa and this person's going to want to email me. We'll get lost, okay? But just go to testimony at cotod.church and tell me, how did the Lord use that? Now, I know some of you, because I, I did this first service and they said, uh, Pastor, I haven't done anything with it yet. That's fine. That's fine. It, well, you know, you don't understand. I, I did not do it because I, I didn't want to. I just, I forgot. That's, that's okay, I'm here reminding you, okay? Do something with what God has given you. Use that to further the kingdom of God. And you'll realize that the reason I'm asking you to do it shortly here is, is we all have an expiration date, right? Some of us, isn't it funny how when you're young, you don't worry about some things because you think you're going to live forever? When you get older, you start reprioritizing all of life's, you know, events, if you will, but I've known some people that were 19 years old who were old because they died when they were 20. There's a shelf life. There's an expiration date, and we don't know when that day is. Don't miss out on this biblical principle. When, when, when Cotan first started, um, first of all, it wasn't Church with Open Doors. It was just uh, Clinton Foursquare Gospel, and we were on 8th Avenue South, and when I say we, I was just born, okay? So I had nothing to do with this, but my dad was pastoring the church down there. He had eight people at the church. Four of them were his family members, right? But he stewarded well that which the Lord placed in his hands. I think of the many people then that the Lord started to bring around somebody who stewarded well what God gave them. And some of these names, are, they're not going to mean anything to you. But there was a Chet Naida Thompson that started to come to church. They had money saved up to go to Hawaii. Hawaii, folks. Hawaii. We live in Iowa. You know that, right? Hawaii. And you know what the Lord spoke to them to do? 
give that money so they can put a new sidewalk in front of the church because it was all broken up and it was, it, it was just creating a problem. But they stewarded well what God had given to them. I think of Ray and Burnett Abramson. Sometimes she was the only lady in service. She was the only one. That would be there, and she was faithful. I think of the Cecils, who you won't know their name, but because they stewarded well, we have that building next door, that Lambsdor building, because they stewarded what God had given them, and they invested into the kingdom of God. I think of Ozzy Osterberg. Uh, he, he was a man who would be there for anybody and everybody to walk with them, pray for them, support them. The Stevensons, who were part of the church, who had such great hearts, they would bless, they would give. They blessed our family personally when we were going through hard times. The list can go on and on and on and on because people learn to steward well what God has placed in their life. One day, people will come to you and they'll say, I'm here because you gave. I'm here because you gave. You might think to yourself, I don't know if I can do that. You know what? We got our house just the way we want it right now. And I don't know if I really want people to come in and start using all that because I got a, I got a nice, nice white carpet and I, my couch, I've only had it two months. What if it gets stained? I know that we can tend to think that way, but we got to start thinking a little more creatively. Like they make couch covers. You, you could replace the rug, you know. But the internal investment is going to be into the people that cross your path. That's what matters so much. That's why, number one, everything we have to remember is a tool for the kingdom of God, and it's for God's use. Number two, the way I use what I have is not only a tool, but it's a test of my heart. It's a test of my heart. Everything belongs to God. Amen? Okay, we all in agreement on that? Everything you have, everything I have belongs to God. Verse 33 in the book of Luke goes on and says, Make for yourself money belts which do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where... No thief comes near, nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your what? Your heart is also. Not your checkbook, not your wallet, not your bank account, your heart. Your heart is there. You and I must work at conditioning our hearts because that's what's most important. And when our heart is conditioned properly, then all of a sudden we take it and we, we repurpose what God gives us for the kingdom of God. For example... You, when you give in tithes and offerings, what happens is, is it gets converted. Here's one of the ways. One of the ways it's converted here is, is we have a TV program, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. It goes out into homes. I hope this many people watch it, but I'm pretty sure they don't. But guess how many homes it goes into? 375,000 homes. Because you gave. 375 homes have the potential to hear about the gospel just from this church. There's so many other different ways. But you see, what it, what it happened is, is it was converted into something for the kingdom of God. There's people that, that when you gave, your money was converted to pay for a radio broadcast that goes out every Sunday morning. And you might go, I didn't know we had one of those. It's okay if you didn't because there's other people that heard it. The people that watch TV or hear it on the radio, usually the people that aren't coming at first. And about the time I think it's not worth it, because, you know, I, like a good steward, you reevaluate some things. We'll go to the staff. What do you think? We'll talk. And I remember thinking one day, maybe we should just get rid of the TV program. You know, it, YouTube and, and live stream and when COVID hit, it taught us all to go do, to uh, digital. And maybe, maybe this is not that effective. And then all of a sudden, I get a letter in the mail from the Fort, uh, Fort Madison prison. And it's from an inmate. And the inmate just basically said, you don't know me at all, but... I gave up on God, I gave up on church, and I gave up on all you phony preachers. He said, but I'm incarcerated, 
And he said, I happened to watch your TV program one day. And he said, it, it reaffirmed my faith once again. He said, I just wanted you to know I gave my heart back to Jesus. Thank you for, thank you for doing you. Something like that. That's how God takes what you give and repurposes that. I, I, got, a, I got a call from a lady. Um, I don't know who she is, and if you're watching this morning, God bless you. Um, somewhere down in South Iowa, and I, I don't know how she heard us, but she called the church and said, I want to talk to that, that, that pastor, that preacher. It shocked her that I actually called her back. And when I did, we ended up having a 40-minute discussion. I called her back again. There's a relationship. She says, I, I just can't believe it. You see, she heard about certain aspects of the gospel because of the seed that was planted. This is what happens when you take that seed and you put it in the hands of a God who says, I'll open up windows of opportunity. I'll protect you from the devourer. He'll watch over your family. It's about obedience. When we step out in obedience, he takes that and repurposes it. That's why we can go to places and do trips, Kenya, why we can go over and bless those children when we give. All of a sudden, something happens there because it's something that's outside of ourselves. It's why we can send teams to Cambodia, to Ecuador, to Brazil, to Mexico. And you all know my heart. I'm all for missions. I'm just not all for going to those places, right? My wife, on the other hand, loves to go. She's the goer. I'm the sender. She loves boots on ground. I love button couch. All right? Just being real with you, okay? Does that mean I don't love Jesus? No. I love Jesus. I love children. But I also don't want to go all the time to all these places. Now, I've gone to some of them. When the Holy Spirit tells me, he says, go, I got two choices, obey or disobey, right? That's what it boils down to. But we can do those things because you guys are still thinking about my butt in the couch, aren't you? I can see your grins. You're like, you know... I'm not hearing anything else that he said the rest of the message. When the offering plate comes out, remember we used to pass the trays all the time. And now what we do is we put a tray there, we put a tray there. This all was inspired by our lovely friend COVID, right? And we can start passing the plate again, but here's here's my point. The opportunity is there to give, not because somebody wants or needs your money. It's because God wants your heart. When the offering plate comes by or you go by the offering plate, do you feel more of a sense of, oh, I got to give, or I should give? Or do you have a sense more like, I can give, I want to give? See, it's about the heart. It's about the condition of the heart. It's why we can do the things that we do and be a blessing to the, and, and turn it around for the kingdom of God. I'm really going to hurry up here. Number three, it's a trademark. When you give and you steward well the true, uh, uh, treasures, it's a, it becomes a trademark of who you are. When you tithe, when you give, it becomes a trademark of who you are. Verse 13 of Luke 16, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve them both. That's what the Bible says. This is one of my favorite parables because the Lord just takes time to explain to us how to apply it. He wants to make sure we get this deep down in our hearts because he wants us to be stewards who redeem what we've been given. Steward well, and it gets redeemed. The little bit that we have. Pastor, I only make a little bit. We'll take a tenth of that and trust the Lord. You ever have, you ever hear this growing up or maybe have said it to your kids, don't try me. Don't you try me. Don't test me. You, you ever hear that? Yeah, maybe you've said it. Well, this is one time in Scripture where God goes, it's all right, go ahead, test me. 
Malachi, he says, go ahead, put me to the test. And if you will be obedient to bring your tithes into the storehouse, is what the storehouse where you're spiritually fed. He says, if you will do that, you will see this. Go ahead, try it. Try it and see what happens. And when we walk out in obedience, then God blesses us. The last point is simply this. You and I have little opportunity to invest in eternal results. So we need to do it now. We need to do it now. You see, our hearts should be this. Our hearts should be, if I were to ask you today, and I'm not going to ask you to do it, but if I asked you to take out your wallet or your purse, checkbook, whatever, and in here, by the way, I don't even have cash in here. I do have 100 pesos, believe it or not. Don't ask me why. But, you know, let's say I, I said, take out your wallet, take out your purse, and I want you to find somebody in this room that you know the least, and I want you to give them your wallet. How do you feel about that? I know most of you right now are going, get to the end of this little parable or story because it's not going to happen, right? But let me ask if you were the other person. Let's say that, you know, I picked somebody at random and I came and I gave you all my money, my credit cards, my insurance card, my identification, and I gave it to you. Typically, typically, this is how somebody would respond. They'd receive it and they'd go, what do you want me to do with this? You're trusting me with this? You know, there's this sense of, oh my gosh, because you're holding on to something that belongs to somebody else. And if I told you, then go ahead and, you know, exchange it, give it back. Part of you would be like, whew, I got my wallet back, right? But why isn't it that when it comes to our own wallet, we don't have that same sense sometimes and go, what am I supposed to do with this? Because what we have, we only have because God gave it. All he's asking us to do is trust him, the one who first gave it to us, to invest it in the kingdom of God to steward it well. See, God, God's not into guilt, okay? He's not into, you know, have you tithed lately? He just says, here's the truth. Here's how it works. Here's the owner's manual. You and I have a choice today. We can invest in the kingdom of God or we can invest in the kingdom of self. I'm not, you've got to invest in self too. I'm not, it's not one or the other, it's both. And then you experience the blessings of God. So my challenge to you is this. How have you invested that money? If you weren't here last week, didn't get some money, take a $5 bill out. Say, Lord, how can you use it? Somebody told me first service, it's still in their fridge. They pass it every time. They still keep thinking about it. Stick it somewhere where you're going to remember it. Lord, how can I invest this into the kingdom of God? How can I take what you give me and bless somebody else with what you've given me so it makes a difference? You may not even ever know the outcome. But the fact that you invested, that you obeyed, is going to be all that, that, that's required in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray today that as we leave this place, that we would have caught your heart as you've spoken to our, our hearts, that we would see the truth and understand that, Lord, you desire, you passionately want to pour out your riches and your blessing upon our life. And we thank you so much that you do. Lord, forgive us for taking for granted all the times we've had those quiet inner conversations in our head that have told ourselves and others what we have done. Lord, we just simply say, Lord, we know it was you all along.
Father, we thank you for the many blessings. And Father, I pray today that you would now speak to our hearts, that we can steward well what you've placed within our very hands. Lord, where do you want us to invest our time? Where do you want us to invest our talents? And where and how do you want us to invest our treasures? We believe that we're going to hear you. And then, Lord, give us the boldness to simply walk that out in obedience, we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Um, I shared with first service, and I wanted to share with you guys. When pastor says, thank you to those of you who tithe and those of you who don't, my challenge is for you to start tithing. That comes from a place of, um, you, most of you know that we were mentored by Pastor Jim Sr. and Sharon Machen. And one of the things that they told us early on in ministry is they never looked at who tithes. And to this day, Pastor and I don't look at who tithes. Unless you hand me your tithe check and you say, oh, here, this is my tithe, and I have to run down one of the ushers to put it in, we don't know who tithes. Now, we look at the income, right, and we sit with the council and we discuss how to, how to use those resources to benefit our community and the global community, right? But just a few months ago, Pastor Sharon called me and she said, hey, Lise, um, did I pay my tithe last month? And I said, um, a really wise mentor once told me not to look at that. And she goes, that's the thing? That's the thing that I told you that you chose to listen to? So I want you to know that um, we do, we believe that the Lord is going to take care of Church of the Open Door. And one of our core values is missions. And I know the last time Pastor Joshua was here, he said something that really spoke to my heart. He said, you let me talk about money. You let me show those kids. And he said, a lot of churches don't do that. They're concerned about their bottom line. But here's the thing. We know that we're stewards. And we know that God's been faithful all these years, and he's going to continue to be faithful. So I encourage you, if the Holy Spirit is telling you to go sponsor a child, go find Pastor Joshua and sponsor a child, all right? And I'm so excited because we're talking about a trip to Kenya. And so, and the sponsors are going to get the first seats on the plane, all right? So stand to your feet this morning as we do our closing prayer together. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. And Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen.